Welcome to The Process, the podcast where we talk to creative people about their creative processes. I'm Kevin Hugerwerf. And I'm John Lee. And for our fourth episode, we have comedian, musician Lee Cox. Uh, and he won 2015 Last Comic Standing at Western. And he is the stand-up club president at Western, which is cool, too. He is and also the lead singer and primary songwriter for the band Downers, Downers Grove. Downers Grove, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we join them in a conversation already in progress. It feels like we should be quiet because it's at it's nighttime. <laughs> it's nighttime. Well, but it's like uh, we are in the library. It's very yeah. sleepy. But it is feeling. I don't know. It is. But I mean, we're <laughs> we are in the soundproof room, so we can be as loud as we want. Yeah. Um. Uh, I was talking to Kevin earlier. I can't remember how long you've been you've been at it. I've been at it since uh, February. So a uh-huh. solid ten months. Okay. Oh wow! I yeah. didn't realize it was that recent. Yeah, it's real recent. Because uh-huh. I, 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 well, I saw you at, at Jake Ruin stand up, and it, it seemed like you'd been doing it a long time, and yeah. that was only like what, like four. I was the guy that referred it? you for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I, I had only been doing it a few months, and I didn't, I didn't know how to do it really. And I just, yeah, I had a story about taking some mushrooms that I never told on stage just because it (laughs) Mm -hmm. takes so long to tell that story. And I didn't, like, it it doesn't have, like, a good, you know, structure to it. So I was like, fuck it. If he's going to ruin jokes, I'll just tell (laughs) one story. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so were your friends kind of like pressuring you to like do stand-up like, hey, Lee, or were you just always a fan of stand-up? No, I've always been a fan of stand-up. When I first, like, I don't have, like... I started stand-up a month after moving to Bellingham, so I didn't really have any friends up here, and actually, um, Christine Jang, um, she told me about the open mic at the Underground, and I was going to go into it and do music, Um, but I went in there, and I just, I saw some people who weren't funny, and they were getting laughs. (laughs) And you're like, hey, John Lee. Like John Lee or Kevin Hoogerwerf. No, none of the the pros, but there were... were, (laughs) There were a lot of, like, first-timers and stuff that I was just, like, they're getting laughs with, like, garbage. Right. Like, I've always been a fan of comedy. I never thought I could do stand-up. Um, but just seeing these people just tell garbage jokes and getting laughs, <laughs> I was like, well, I can fucking beat that. And, right. And I have. I, I, think, <laughs> I, I, I think I had the same thing, actually. I remember it was like I'd been... I've wanted to do stand-up probably for like four years, and then uh, it was the same thing. I was like at like a, a the specifically the stand-up open mic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> man, people were crushing it. I was like, that wasn't funny. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, not to. Bash I mean anybody, that, but, but still, that's like hands down no, the most encouraging thing, is when you. It is. Yeah. It is. Bashing. All right, fine. It it's, is. It is super encouraging to just see somebody, <laughs> just with no, just with nothing, getting laughs, and I mean that's. That's part of the weird thing about doing it on a college campus as opposed to going downtown is you see what, like when you get used to going downtown, you see what won't work down there. Right. Mm-hmm. And the Underground Coffee House is great, but I think it does a disservice to some comedians who are just like, um, you know, I can, I, can, I can just say something goofy. Like right. I, can, I can talk about pop culture and just say something goofy and kids will be like, what? What the exactly. fuck? And they'll start <laughs> yeah. laughing. Uh-huh. But you get downtown and there's a bunch of people who are like, you know, like uh, like freight workers or whatever, and they're like, I don't give a shit about your fucking like Teletubbies joke. Like, get out of here. Right. I was I was, I was thinking about uh, class jokes. It's oh, so yeah. easy to to if you're at the coffee house or on camp anywhere on campus, and you say, the other day I was in class. Mm-hmm. Boom, everyone's on board. Yeah. But if I was downtown and said the other day I was in class, it's like, 
you've, you've skipped like two exposition points. You have to say, like, yeah. I'm a student I'm a at Western, student. this is what I study, and I was in this class. Yeah. yeah. You know? I think, luckily, the Green Frog, like, they know the culture well enough, and so many people went to Western in Bellingham that you're still okay doing mm-hmm. that. But You're less yeah. okay doing yeah, that. Yeah, definitely sure. less okay. And it's got to be, like, the difference is you've got to be funny down, if you're going to the Green Frog rather than just relatable, right. which you can pull off at the um, underground. That's true, too. And you're more, you're more free to do edgier stuff downtown. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, even though your your stuff kind of works either way though, uh, Kevin and I were talking about that too. How your like your darker stuff can still can still get the squeeze out some laughs at the cock. <laughs> squeeze, just, yeah, squeeze, just squeeze them out. Them out. Like, yeah, like lemon rind. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you killed it at your at your feature for the Green Frog. I thought that went pretty well. Yeah, how did you how did you go about like uh, preparing that twenty minutes? So um, was it just kind of whatever's my favorite or? Yeah, basically yeah. it was just it was just every joke that I look at and don't think is a bad joke. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just did that and I counted it up and it was twenty two minutes. So uh-huh. yeah, it went it went pretty well. Um, did you like? Uh, establish any sort of arc in your 20 minutes yeah okay yeah there was definitely um it was broken up into six parts definitely um each of them being you know a certain you know like four minute like chunks and i would i would uh, there were a lot of my jokes tie into each other like Uh that's my main method of writing jokes is just extending other jokes which is both good and bad Uh like if you're trying to do a short set that's not great because you just have these eight minute jokes that you can't do much with um uh but yeah i definitely took like sex stuff and spread them out at intervals and depression suicide stuff spread those out at intervals just otherwise it would be there would just be a hunk in the middle. Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. so my friend died, and now I'm thinking about killing myself, yeah. and I was a crack All right, interesting. And, yeah. It would be like a hammock that's just too weighted <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, your, it was your just Your feature would have been a hammock. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think that's a mistake a lot of people make when they're doing a lot of five-minute sets, and then they're like, okay, now you get ten, and they think, like, I'll just take two of my five-minute sets yeah. and put them together. Yeah. And it's not quite the no. same. I spent a solid afternoon just freaking out and caffeine, o- caffeine overdosing and just <laughs> threading, like just, yeah, just knitting together bits mm-hmm. until everything was worked in the way I wanted it to. Yeah, that's the way to do it. It's, a- I mean, it's the same in uh, music, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to ask you about that in a minute. But yeah, it's like, the, it's, I found it's like similar. You want to like pace it out, make sure like the downers are yeah, yeah. like... Uh, <laughs> Just um, for me, I have like downers and like really upbeat jams, and I gotta like space those. Yeah, out. absolutely. You do two slow songs in a row, and people are gonna, you know, they get bored or whatever. Yeah, depending on the show, I suppose. Um, so, how long have you been doing music? Music. Um, I started playing. I started playing music, I guess, around age sixteen, um, and I'm 26 now, so 10 years. Um, just self-taught. You know, listen to a lot of like, listen to a lot of weirder guys who I think, like, there was nobody I really listened to when I first started playing where I felt like I would need to learn how to play music properly to imitate them, you know? (laughs) I listened to a lot of like Tom Waits and The Residents and just like, um, I don't know, like Captain Beefheart and just weirdos who, Velvet Underground, who I just like, I listened to it and I was like, I can hear what you're doing and I can do the same thing. Not mm-hmm. like, like I think if I was listening to a lot of like classic rock or even um, like um, 
dance like electric dance music or something i would have electric electronic <laughs> dance uh i i think i would have a lot of trouble like knowing where to start but um just listening to the stuff i did it's felt very um attainable gotcha. i guess uh how long have you uh have you always been a singer or is that no okay. um I started playing guitar at first, and guitar is real hard. So I started playing bass, and I felt I had <laughs> You're like less strings, fewer <laughs> strings, further apart. Um, yeah, I just felt more further of, apart. Yeah, further apart. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just felt more of an affinity for the bass guitar. Like I always think of the guitar as more of an instrument, whereas the bass is kind of a tool. Like and oh, if interesting. You see, like if like if you. If you see me play the bass, like I play, I'm I'm rough on them, which I like. Like I can pound the shit out of it, and it'll be it'll make close to the noises that I want it to make, which uh -huh. is which isn't as true with guitar for me. Um, so yeah, I was playing bass, and um, I was I was having an affinity for it, and then I started singing, and you know nobody 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 likes the sound of their own voice, so I originally sang like a heavily in like I was just ripping off Tom Waits like uh -huh. I was doing my best to sound like Tom Waits and it, it was it was okay um and a lot of people were found it interesting but it wasn't sustainable so I found sort of my own over time I just sort of found my own voice um still influenced by uh Tom Waits but yeah just its own thing uh, uh, I guess like how to how to like your your nerves like before going on to play to sing it would differ from your nerves going on to do stand-up is it, is it just the same kind of nervous, or are you way more nervous doing stand-up um, or singing? I don't, like, okay, the thing about music that always freaks me out is that we have to set up. And we have to set up, like, as quickly as possible. <laughs> and I have... Yes, the setup is part of your five minutes, open micers. Yeah. <laughs> I have, like, I have not a complicated setup, but there's a lot of chords in my music, like, you know, cables and stuff. So it just takes some time, and I just get like, ah, fuck, and I've, you know, had too much coffee to try uh -huh. to work it out. I'm just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Right. And um, so there's that, and then there's the sound check, and it's, the nice thing is that you're behind something, like you're playing music, and you've got somebody up there with you. And you've got an instrument between you and the audience mm -hmm, totally. versus just talking. Yeah, we're talking about the mic stand and how, like, well, at, when people first start out, like, uh, stand up anyway, like they have that mic stand. They keep it. They keep it in the mic. Did yeah. you keep it in the mic when you first started? No. No. I'm sure okay. I crossed my arms though. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like the security of like having a thing between you've you gotta, and the audience. Yeah. You've got to do. You've got to do something. Like yeah. it's so tough. Like. Actually, it'd be weird as shit if you just stood there like um, like uh, that Christ on um, Corpus Christi or something and just stood there like just chest <laughs> yeah. out facing the audience. That would be super weird. So like, yeah, it's nice. You want some kind of buffer. Uh, I wanted to ask you, are you afraid of like being labeled as like the, like at the frog, it's always like, and he's grumpy. Here's Lee. <laughs> you know, like it's always like some some terrible joke like yeah. that before. Um, you know, I don't worry about it too. I don't. I don't worry about it because where, however, I come off, I think is just gonna be how it is. So I don't. You know, there's nothing I can do to fight against it. But I was talking about this with Ryan Cudahy the other day, or this was weeks ago. But we're mm -hmm. stand up, so the other right. Day. So it's the other day. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just the fact that I feel like most of my jokes and most of my strong jokes are sex jokes uh -huh. like I feel like that's the meat and potatoes <laughs> of my 
act, but I always get labeled dark. And he was like, they see you walk up there, yeah. they see you not smiling, and then they just wait for the dark joke. Yeah. And then once they do it, they're like, there it is, he's a yeah. dark comedian. Which, uh-huh. granted, like I talk about killing myself on stage, uh-huh. but still, like that's not that's such a small part of my act. Uh-huh. I guess everybody jokes about sex, so it's not... Right. So you and you're, we, really... def- we definitely aren't seeing you as the sex comedian. It's either. true. Yeah, I know, like... and that's what I'm upset about. That's what I'm going for. That's a great point that Ryan brings up, though, is that we just we want you to be the dark comedian. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so I was like, I was like, this must be like if I were a black comedian, like, uh-huh. and I have one out of twenty black jokes. Right. They're like, oh, him uh, and his race material. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Another thing I want to talk to you about was what is like your, uh, when you retire material, what's that process like? The only real instance I can think of that's a good example is I did a race joke, which was working pretty well downtown, and I just at a certain point. Um, Honestly, like, I know there's such a, like, progressive liberal bent to the comic scene, and, like, somebody came up and talked to me, and I don't know, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, like, freaked out about it, but I was just like, yeah, maybe I just won't do this anymore. It was mm-hmm. working fine, but I was just what like... What was the joke? If you, uh, don't, you don't want to say, do you want to say? <laughs> I don't I mean... think I do. Okay, all right. I'm not terribly yeah. embarrassed by it, especially because it's... Ba- like, okay, so a big problem that I have with sort of, like... Just, just progressive white comedian, particularly college uh-huh. educated, is that a lot of them came from middle class backgrounds and they grew up with a ton of white people and they got to college and learned about like other, like they learned about Mexicans and black people from like textbooks. Right. And so they're like, it's not okay uh-huh. to do this stuff. And uh-huh. I was like, I grew up very poor with like all my friends were Mexican and Asian. Uh-huh. And so to me, I don't freak out about race. Like, I don't... I'm I'm sure I sound like the whitest piece of shit right now, but I'm not... Like, I don't... To me, I don't take it seriously, because I... That was all my friends, and uh, who the fuck doesn't make fun of their friends? Uh You know, so... So, yeah, it was... uh, Yeah, it was a light... It was a fairly lighthearted joke that I actually made to a Native American friend of mine and took it to stage and it was working, and then at a certain point, they were like, yeah, maybe cut that part. And I I was just like... All right. Like, I don't want to, I don't know. I didn't yeah. want to rock the boat, I guess. Uh, yeah, okay. I tried to be, in my in my one race joke, like, I tried to be, like, I was worried. Uh-huh. Like, I was nervous before I went on stage, and, like, I, I did it, and it, it worked. And I don't think it worked in a, I don't think it worked in a hateful way. Uh-huh. I don't think everybody was like, yeah, fuck them. Right. Like, I don't yeah. think that's how it was. I think they got that it was lighthearted and, like... Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like it was a malicious laugh. Uh-huh. That's what I like about stand up is that there is like an exception to pretty much every rule. Oh, almost, yeah. it's like you should never joke about this unless it's unless you it's can this. do it. You know, yeah. like exactly. Unless you can, as Jerry Seinfeld says, you can like jump over every laser beam. Yeah, exactly. You know? If you can surprise people, then that's you know that's kind of what matters. Like if you if you're going into something super specific. Um, if you can surprise people still and not take the easy road or not take the obvious route, you know, you can you can come through with some very creative stuff, like Louis C.K. type material. Right. Do you ever, are you looking to push the envelope uh, at all, or is it basically just... My comedy, like, first and foremost, is personal. So I'm not, like, I do very little, like, just social awareness stuff. Like, I really don't look at 
I don't look at the bigger picture very much. Mm -hmm. The only reason I did something like the the race joke is because it was a joke about a friend of mine. So, oh, I see. So like that's really that's really what that's really what I draw from is just personal experience or like just monitoring my own thoughts and just being like, why do I think this this way? That's weird, uh -huh. and just bringing that out to a stage. But you're never actually trying to be like, let's make the audience squirm or no. anything like that. I mean. If I'm hosting a little bit. Uh -huh. <laughs> so since you do like music uh, and comedy, how do you like switch focus between the two? Because I know for me, a lot of the time, it's hard to like, I just get distracted and I'll, I'll do like comedy for a while and then I'll, I'll switch back to music. And it's kind of hard to do both at the same time. So uh, how do you go about that? I agree. Um, I could do, I can do one after the other. Like I could do both in a night. I could perform both. In terms of writing, I definitely get on a kick for one or the other. I also just, I also do like writing and visual arts and like poetry and stuff like that. And if I get into that, I'm gonna do nothing else. Like I just mm -hmm. get into weird grooves with whatever it is. And usually my stuff comes out very manically. It'll be, it'll be a day and a half of just, I'll write a page and a half worth of jokes. Mm -hmm. And that'll just, I'll just have it all and they'll be pretty much fully fleshed out all of a sudden. So I don't, yeah. I don't. I don't have a long. I don't have a lot of like switching back and forth. I was. I was listening to your stuff uh, a little bit earlier today. Uh, your band is Downers Grove, right? That's correct. Um, and is that uh, is that just like a two piece with you on bass and, and vocals and yep. then your drummer? Yes. It's cool. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just a cool combination. Like, uh, what what like made you decide to like go that kind of route? Um, the reason is that uh, my drummer and I were. Friends, or we had a mutual friend when I was in high school, and we started. We just had similar tastes in music. We liked, you know, Captain Beefheart, Tom Waits. Um, we started playing together, and I am such a control freak, I guess, <laughs> that I just can't. I can't work with anybody else. Gotcha. Really. Like uh -huh. I just, I, like I said, with com with comedy, like it all comes out in one piece it's the same with music like i have the whole song and i don't want your input basically uh -huh. so if i had somebody else there to deal with like it's it's just it's just i i too, i too often know just what i want and i don't want any deviations <laughs> so yeah that's the route that's the route we took cool i saw a girl a little while ago she had her hair dyed Breast cancer pink and midnight black, which I think, you know, I like I like sort of extreme hair dye jobs like that because it really helps to distract you from their personality. <laughs> um, the problem I had was that she had pinned to her head a tiny, tiny little top hat, and I looked at her the way you look at somebody with a tiny top hat pinned to their head, like. What's that hat doing there? <laughs> and she sees me looking at her, and her eyes immediately go to the ground. She is embarrassed. Here's the thing. Nobody pinned that hat to your head. That's not like a kick me sign. You took some time and effort to pin that to your own head. And if you're gonna wear a tiny, tiny top hat, you have to be able to own that. You have to be able to look at me and say, yes, this is my tiny top hat. Here's my tiny monocle and tiny cane. I'm off to a tiny, tiny ball. Like, do you think that I don't want 
to dress like a Tim Burton character. Of course I do. I'm only human. But I want to do a lot of things. I want to masturbate on the bus. I don't, because I'm a decent person. But if I ever did, you can bet I would make eye contact with you. Has anybody else brought you guys treats? No, no I, you I, are the I haven't first. grabbed one yet. I was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of different kinds in there. You wanted that on the record? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for <laughs> to start recording. Which one is this? Yeah, Has anyone else brought you guys chocolate. treats? Either white chocolate. Uh, or no. Does it, does it list them? I was hoping for. Like, I want a white chocolate one. I don't know if they're. Key. Take a risk in life. Assorted Kevin. chocolate truffles. They're irresistible, irresistibly That's smooth. Oh, there we are. Milk white, dark caramel, and extra dark. This That's one's got to be caramel. caramel or white. This sounds like a <laughs> sponsorship for Lindor for, truffles. Uh, yeah. Well, we didn't say what the name was until now. Well, now we have Lindor assorted. We're not gonna get paid have, otherwise. I'm gonna have a white chocolate one. Oh, it is white chocolate. Yeah. They really got me. Oh, they tricked me. Got you? What do you mean they tricked you? Well, I, I prefer caramel. This is normally how the podcast yes. starts. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. No, not not. This is great. Yeah. Uh, this is the, this is the. Uh, the perfect segue into, <laughs> into act two. Um, basically, the question that we've been asking everybody is... This was the white chocolate! Oh my god! <laughs> this is what I just one. had! <laughs> this is, you, you don't get any more. You don't get a chocolate the rest golden, of the podcast. Oh my god, I think it's the yellow ones or the caramel ones. Well, yeah, I don't want to ask you the question anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's just enjoy the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, is, is the white chocolate at least good? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He said, <laughs> disappointedly. <laughs> Do you think that being sad or depressed uh, makes for like a stronger comedian? Hmm. I think being different makes for a stronger comedian, and I think being different makes for a depressed person. Okay. Huh. That is a different answer mm -hmm. from everybody else. Best answer so. yet. <laughs> how does that influence mm -hmm. uh, your comedy? Like, how do you think that like, uh, being different or, or like, uh, what, what, how does that like relate to your jokes and that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be doing comedy, you have to think at least somewhat different than other people. I think, mm -hmm. like, to make a joke about anything, you have to see it differently than other people. Um, I think being different from the average person gives you value, like you you become a more creative person, but it's also very alienating to 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 know that you don't like to know that other people just don't share the world that you do. You know, I mean, when I first got into comedy, it was such a um, it was such a nice like I've never had any sort of feeling of like homeness like. All my friends, before I moved up here, like, I rarely see any of them, and it doesn't bother me a ton. And, like, I've just never been very close with my family, but being in comedy, like, it gave me a little bit more of a sense of belonging. Like, a lot I of see. times, walking into the Green Frog, like, like, you're walking in and there'll be, like, comedians having chats to the left and the right as you're walking down to put your name on the list. And a lot of times, this is this sounds, like, kind of dorky, but I get this feeling, like, almost like a like a Marvel character. Like, you're an <laughs> X-Man. And you're just, you're, you're walking through and, like, you see Wolverine or you see, like, um, you know, Nightcrawler or whoever it is. And, like, you know what they can do. Right. And you know what you can do. And you all, you all kind of look like other people, but 
but you all know like we have these special talents that other people don't and have. they're all different from each other yeah too, they're right? all different yeah. from each other <laughs> but we're all metaphor. we're all together in our differentness comedians are like x-men that's that's great and the only per and the only people that it are ex that's that i want to hang out before our show are other comedians absolutely the and worst we thing to, we have to kill all the other humans yeah. Or yeah. fight the other comedians who want to stop us are you, from killing yeah. the other. Taking the X Men metaphor. Sentinels are the. <laughs> the Sentinels are like are the the um, I don't know. They're the sensitive people that are trying to like stop stop comedy. <laughs> it's just something that non comedians don't get. But when when you're when you're when you're one of them, they get it. Like a lot of people have a lot of like civilians have the misconception that like class clown like class clown would uh -huh. be a good comedian because they make us all laugh but like no not the case like right. the people who become comedians are either like the nerds or the people who are smoking under bleachers uh -huh. like we're the weird like glue sniffing self-mutilating people who are like i'm so weird like i gotta i gotta engage in this conversation where i talk to you and nobody talks about <laughs> right it. like I, I just i need to i need to i need to find some way to like communicate how I feel without people just like r like freaking out and taking a step backwards from me. <laughs> I never like to be introduced to non-comedians as a comedian because if there's like four people at a table, they'll be like, "Tell me a joke." Right. And be like, "I can't. You're a human. <laughs> exactly. I need to talk to an audience." Yeah. And they're like, "They're four of us. It's like uh -huh. not the same thing." I can look into your eyes. Yeah. I, I recognize your humanity. It's not the same thing. <laughs> You need to be faceless. Yeah, that's another like understood thing amongst comics is that like no one's ever gonna say, "Hey, tell me a joke." Yeah. Like, no one's ever gonna be tell you, ask you the same like five or six questions. Nobody's that you gonna always get. Yeah, nobody's gonna even assume that you're going to be funny in a conversation. Right. Like that's a weird. Yeah. Like for me, definitely, especially meeting new people, um, I just don't crack jokes. I don't crack jokes with people until I'm comfortable with them, and I know, like I I do a lot of like like shitting on people. I do a lot of, and not not just that. In addition to that, I also make fun of them. Um, but I, I do a lot of like teasing of people and it takes me a while to find out where their boundaries are. Right. So like, and that's another thing to love about comedians is that they generally have very few boundaries or their boundaries are so far away that you're, you're gonna be fine and you know mm -hmm. it. Like they're, they're not gonna, they're not gonna be overly sensitive because they get they get it. You know? Right. I've heard that like when a comedian says good set, they don't really mean it. I mean I don't I don't agree with it, but <laughs> I've I've heard that like anytime a comic says to another comic, hey, good set, that just means like you're good but you're not as good as me. Uh, you know? I don't agree with it. I but... think definitely in a bigger city where you have to worry about your reputation more, that might be the case. Mm. Um, it might even be the case here, and I'm just a sociopath, but I never I never lie to people. Uh -huh. about. I tell people all the time, like, bad set. Like, <laughs> yeah. you did a bad job. Bad, bad job. Because <laughs> if, if you come... Yeah, literally yeah. a couple of weeks ago, I, was, uh -huh. I, said, I said to somebody, I was like, all right, man, bad job. Bad job. <laughs> <laughs> Later, see you tomorrow. Later, dude. Bad, bad job, dude. It's bad just because, because otherwise, like, what are you gonna? How are you gonna believe me? Like, uh -huh. and this is this is a thing that I have with other comedians. Like, if I'm with like, if I'm with Rebecca Reader and she's freaking out before a show, and I'm like, you're gonna do fine. She's like, you're just saying that, and uh -huh. then and I'm like, 
I tell you when you do a bad job. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm honest with you. Why uh -huh. would I be lying? She's like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. uh, does the the process for music, is that the same as well? Do you think it comes from a place of, of feeling different growing up or feeling at all depressed, or does that come from a different place? Um, music, for me personally, the reason I started was just because it's so... Um, it can be such a Zen thing. That's a, that's the reason I started was just um, I had a very overactive brain in my teens, and by just focusing on something with my hands like that, I never really learned like a, a craft. I never learned to like um, like fix anything really. But music gave me something to do with my hands, and it just allowed me to stop thinking while mm -hmm. I do it, which is uh, wonderful. Which is so it's more of like an escape. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because I feel like, Kevin, for you, mm -hmm. I've seen you perform a lot, and I feel like you're, like, bearing your soul up there. Oh, yeah. I know? mean, for me, it's uh, it's extremely, like, cathartic. And, like, I mean, I try to pick the lyrics that are, and, and like, that match kind of uh, song structure that really, like, just gets it out of me, I mm -hmm. guess. And I, like, do you find catharsis in music in that kind of way? Yeah, definitely. Like, performing live is a, a definitely a different experience than um, where why I took up music. Mm -hmm. um, there's not... I don't know. My, um, uh, it's hard for me to talk about, I guess, why I perform music. I mean, to some degree, it's just momentum. Mm -hmm. um, it's just I think it's why I'm a more successful comedian than I am a musician is because comedy really like comedy. I really feel at home with yeah. to a strong degree um, with music. It's just like I'm getting pretty good at this. I'll start writing songs. I've got some songs I should find somebody to f perform them with. Um, you know, we're, we're practice, and now we've practiced, we're getting pretty good, we should, we should do, we should play some shows, which we yes. do. And it is, like, it is, there is definitely catharsis to the lyrics, but I am, I get, I get more out of comedy than music, I think. But I wouldn't want to have, I wouldn't want to give up music. Gotcha. Were you, uh, a jokester as a kid or you always, were you the funny kid or were you I was the I was a quiet kid which is still true I, I don't like the, my voice is gonna go out from doing this podcast I'm speaking, <laughs> more, I'm speaking more than I ever do um, I was definitely I was the kid that if you were sitting next to me in a class I would be doodling and the teacher would say something and I would mutter a joke to myself uh -huh. and the person next to me would crack up right. and they'd be like, oh my God, like that's so funny. And I, you know, I, I was you were like, hey, everyone, yeah, listen to I the was, joke I'm going to say. I was definitely never, I was definitely never, um, I don't know, just in general in life, I'm not that interested in other people's approval. Um, so like, yeah, like winning, like winning last comic standing i'm glad that people found my material um strong and i'm glad that it had a strong reaction but i'm not like people i have no sense of like yeah people like me now mm -hmm. like there's mm -hmm. none of that at all considering i'm such a dark comedian we really didn't go <laughs> exactly yeah, so let's get, get let's dark. get into it well, well, well tell us to, about yeah. your, your deep dark yeah. mysterious past all right because um, uh, in the uh with previous comics um We've talked about how you can trace a, a need for affirmation back to like one thing. I definitely don't think that I have that. Um, I feel good doing comedy uh, because I feel like I've done a good job. 
but I don't need anybody to tell me that afterwards. Um, it's definitely not a personal thing, but, uh, I, I, I did, like, I came from, I came from a weird childhood, um, it, it was, there was, there was, like, it would make sense that I wanted some affirmation, just because I was, I was fairly neglected as, as a child, um, just like, I had a, a mother, a stepfather, and then a half-brother, and, like, they, like, there was a lot of drug problems in the family, and we just grew up super poor, um, so I spent a lot of time just sort of by myself in the woods, and it's hard to tell, like, it's hard to tell how much of that is, was put into me, and how much that just naturally was me, because I'm not, I'm still just sort of a loner, um, by nature, and I don't have a, I don't, I don't know, I don't have a strong, I don't have a strong drive to be around people or to get other people's, like, approval or input, um, which I, I don't, it's not a good thing. Like, I, I recognize mm -hmm. that as I'm getting older. It's like, it would be as if I had no drive to drink water, but I still suffer the effects of dehydration. <laughs> so it's like, for me, it's very much if I go to something or if I hang out with somebody, to me, it is fairly clinical, like you need to do this or like, it's like taking vitamins. I, w I started getting depre depressed at the beginning of high school. Like I was homeless my first month of high school. And like I got like, yeah, basically from there on out to about age 21, I was very depressed. But from 14 to 18, I still had something to do, which was go to school. Mm -hmm. um, but after after high school graduation, like my mom, like my, my mom, my stepdad had died by then. Um, my mom just, she was, she was, she was not, you know, she was into drugs and she just wasn't, she, you know, she was paying the rent and I didn't have to do anything. So I didn't mm -hmm. like, I, I sat in a darkened room and just made, I made art a lot, um, which was maybe a good thing. And I learned to drum, but it was three years of my life very much wasted. Um, I literally like looking back, there's stuff that's like, so beyond cliche that it sounds like I'm making it up. Like I, I, I curtained over all the windows. Like I just tacked up blankets over my windows and I literally like turned the color off of my TV. Like mm -hmm. I was tired of colors. <laughs> um, so I just spent, you know, three years in bed just thinking about just like, yeah, just thinking. all you have is your own voice to accompany you. Yeah. Right? Just, and, and, and literally like I would go, I would go days without speaking and not notice until I spoke to somebody. I was like, damn, I haven't Whoa. done that in a while. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was just very suicidal and I, it, yeah. And then at a certain point I was just so, I was very close to killing myself. Like it was a daily and the, the weirdest thing, maybe not the weirdest, but like it, it was the idea of suicide was very exciting. Like it, that was the only thing that sort of roused my spirit. I do a joke about it now. If uh -huh. it weren't, if it weren't for suicide, I would have killed myself. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> I, that's a good, that's such a good bit. I, <laughs> and it's absolutely true. Like uh -huh. I absolutely, like I, I, life was, I, I found so little joy in life that I was always happy that there was a way out. Mm -hmm. Like I was always happy that I just had that option open to me. And um, yeah, it sounds like uh, with your comedy, like you don't think twice about uh, t uh, taking parts of your life that are probably the darkest 
aspects yeah. of him and bring him to the stage. You don't. You you never started out with. I'm going to talk about food, you know, <laughs> and then I'm going to talk about relationships. You just sort yeah. of. You just sort um, of went for it. Yeah, definitely, because they're, they're just to me. I don't know. They're the most honest. They're the most interesting. Like I, I everybody eats. Why? Mm. Why would I talk about food? Uh-huh. Like every. I guess it's it's good to be relatable, but you also need to th- find the balance of being relatable plus being interesting. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I don't. I. I mean. I. I guess not everybody thinks about killing themselves. I guess unless they're lying to me, which right. I think they are. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but. Yeah, it's just it's just I'm being honest. Like I'm obviously not lying. Like I'm obviously not making up this thing about killing myself. So, mm-hmm. um, so I guess so you do comedy more for the sense of belonging or more because you because you were saying before how, uh, yeah, the 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 idea of everyone liking you isn't as is not as important, right? I, yeah, I don't I don't I don't do it for a sense of belonging. Um, I just I like that that's there that that is there a lot and without it I might not do it as much or I might not I definitely wouldn't enjoy it as much. Right. Um, so had had you never found that sense of belonging before you started doing stand-up? Not really. Yeah. Not really. Like I I I've never had like a big or I've 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 rarely had like a big circle of friends. I've never been like super sociable and I've never like I. In all, in most of my relationships, it's a one-on-one relationship. Like I like you, let's bond mm-hmm. over this. I don't want to meet your friends. I don't right. care about them. <laughs> it's like I like you, so let's build this thing, just you and I. Like why? And I guess it's sort of similar with my music. Is just I don't want. That's a big thing. Is just I don't I don't want distractions. Mm-hmm. I don't want a lot of outside input. It just no me, collaboration. Yeah, right? yeah, to some degree. Yeah. Like it's, never come it, on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> then I gotta. It's that's just three. I don't, I don't know. So like, in addition to worrying about being a sociopath, I worry about like I, I'm sure I'm on the autism spectrum. Like I'm sure most comedians are on the autism <laughs> spectrum, but like I I I definitely hate I hate having a lot of distractions. Like little shit bugs me so much. Um, and I think that's helpful in being a comedian is that you notice more, but like most of my, like certain days I'll spend more than half the day, half the day with earplugs in just cause I don't like it's, it's everything distracts me and bothers me so much. After Jake Ruin stand up, I know we, we were talking around the fire, um, and we started talking about, like you started just like talking about how comedy is such like a useless thing like yeah. it doesn't contribute anything and i, I just <laughs> kind of wanted to talk to you about that like okay that's that's at least 40% self-loathing it's like <laughs> yeah. any, anything that i'm good at i'm not going to like that much uh-huh. um, you're not going to tuck up the thing be like, yeah, yeah i would never want i have i i i like i do i definitely have low self-esteem to some degree. Maybe I'm coming off as a narcissist because I'm being forced to speak about myself. Um, (laughs) How dared the guest talk about himself? Yeah, but like, I I definitely, I would never be like, I hate hate anybody who pats themselves on the back. Like, I really, I really dislike it. Um, So I would never, I would never be like, man, music's so important. Like, Mm -hmm. like, a big part of it is just, again, going back to sociopath, tendencies like I definitely look at human species like as an animal as like often I look at I look at things from like an alien perspective so like 
just it's just at a certain point it's just like biology and numbers and like no you clearly do not need music to survive mm -hmm. like we've kept humans alive for years without music like you uh -huh. can do it it's not that important shelter right. and food are way more important than music <laughs> like a lot more you like break it down to like the survival needs exactly uh -huh. and that's 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 that tends to be how i look at things as a whole like a lot of the time to the point that it's not good <laughs> a lot of the time um but yeah it's just like why why is why is prince famous but like architects aren't like that like uh -huh. stuff like that tends to bother me like yeah. why do we value something that is so much a cherry when there's cake all around you <laughs> cake is the important part like cherry is so delicious i know it is but it's so unnecessary like it is it is it, it, it's it's the flower uh, it's it's the petals on top of the flower uh -huh. the important thing is the roots the important right. thing is the shit that you're not seeing that doesn't look good these right. are the things that we sh like not that we, you know not, i need your vote like um uh -huh. it's just like uh, it's just i don't i don't i hate i hate the value of like the spectacle like I, it, it, it's human societies get to a certain point where we don't need to worry about firewood anymore, and we don't need to worry about b b like bears and badgers and shit getting in our houses anymore. So we start looking to like who who writes the best um, books about badgers, <laughs> like art. Wow, like they're great. <laughs> And who like, writes the best books about badgers? <laughs> yeah, like people who write the best books about like uh -huh. problems, but right. you're, you're and then the, who has the articles about the reviewing book. those people? Yeah, you know? yes, and it just gets in this cycle of 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 the superfluous. Whereas the necessary thing is the guy who built your house, who that keeps the badger out. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's the important to me. Like I I don't know. I I I I put like necessary on the same level as important. I just wish artists didn't get the sort of fanaticism. High minded. That they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish they I wish I wish they weren't valued uh -huh. so much more than people who are actually necessary to the functioning of a human society. Yeah, it's not to say that these things are are bad things or they're uh, I mean obviously you're a, you're yeah. a participant in it so obviously you and, find some value in and it and not everybody can be a carpenter at the same time exactly. and carpenters yeah. <laughs> like if they didn't have anything to listen to it would be a it would be shittier for them uh -huh. it's just i just wish i just wish it weren't valued <laughs> valued yeah. so much <laughs> not that not that any of us are but uh, you know it's just such an interesting take from like a like a comedian again know, like like 40% self-loathing at uh -huh. least like if i were a if I were a if I were a bricklayer, I'd be uh -huh. like this, you know. I, would, yeah. I, would I couldn't get through my bricklaying without without, <laughs> without just, listening yeah. to my comedy albums. Yeah, you know, something like, like that.
don't watch don't consume a lot of stuff. No. <laughs> I really um, don't. Uh, nothing. I mean, you said you were a fan of, like, Tom Waits. Oh, well, yeah. What are you listening to uh, yeah. recently? Uh, then, like, what's new, been new hip you? bands we should we should be checking out? Um, I don't, like, I'm I'm definitely not, like, in the new hip scene. Like, I, uh-huh. I take a ton of influence from, like, old, older, like, Skip James and, like, Mississippi John Hurt and, like, older, just older blues and folk like that. Um, currently... Let's see, like, I always, I always, like, as you might have guessed by now, like, I have a great love of Tom Waits, and mm-hmm. I listen to a ton of him. Um, lately, I've gotten into older Pixies, I've gotten into Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, um, let me think, uh, Jesse Sykes and the Sweet Hereafter, if you want to be bummed out to something <laughs> Jesse good. Sykes Jesse and Sykes the Sweet. Jesse Sykes and the Sweet Hereafter. Hereafter. Yeah, if you want to be bummed out to something beautiful, um... <laughs> That's, I mean, like what? It's like what? I, that's all I ever have wanted. It's yeah. it's it's gorgeous. Um, yeah, are they like kind of similar styles as as the Pixies? No, no, okay. no. Very folky. It's it's practically blue bluegrass to some degree. Gotcha. Um, it's just super slow. I think they're out of Seattle. Um, anybody listening, if you wanted, yeah, uh, if you look up Reckless Burning, that's a beautiful and. So it's gonna bum you the fuck out. Like it, 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 I play it for people all the time, and they're just like, it, it forces you to be melancholic. It's fantastic. Um, I love well, I'll it. just, I'll give you a recommendation. Uh, I don't know, I don't know if you care to listen to it, but I've been really into uh, Laura Stevenson uh, lately. Yeah, she you used tell to me be, about her. She used to be in this punk band uh, called Bomb the Music Industry, okay. who is also really, really great. But then she started doing her own thing, and it's like. Uh, the new album's kind of the exception, but, like, uh, it's mostly, like, kind of folky, um, and, like, her album Wheel is, like, been, I've just been playing it nonstop. Uh-huh. Super, it's, like, it's all about, like, being unsure, and just, like, it's really, like, oh, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just good. It's okay. good. It's also, like, that same kind of, like, melancholy feel, but okay. then, uh, for me, there's, like, a couple songs that, like, I just listen to, and it, like, it makes me feel better. Cool. <laughs> but then she, like, bums you out with, like, a really sad song. How, how often do you guys just, like, indulge in other genres? Like, 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 day to day, you're kind of like listening to the same genre, but then do you guys ever just like, and today I'm just listening to all country or whatever, whatever um, it may be. It'll, I'll be in moods. I definitely, I don't subscribe to one particular genre myself. Like, I'll, I don't know, my, my main ones are like folk. So like, I mean, like, you don't seem like a top 40 guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's, you're very accurate. You're very accurate. Like, you don't have any guilty pleasures, like, like, back in the... Like eighties, like some wham. The, the worst is gonna be like Weezer. That's like the, oh, that's Weezer like the, is your I guilty pleasure. Weezer. That's like the poppiest thing that I <laughs> wow. listen to, really. And I, I'm yeah, I don't know. It's a lot of folk, so a lot of like Handsome Family, Jesse Sykes, Leonard Cohen. I love. Okay. Um, it'll be a lot, a fair amount of like metal and a lot of stoner metal. Um, okay. so nice. like Red Fang, early Queens of the Stone Age, um, you know, Sleep stuff like that. I listen to some hip hop. Um, you know, Run the Jewels, Lupe Fiasco, Chance the Rapper, whatever. Do you, uh, do you have you listened to anything post Weezer? I mean, like, is this <laughs> is, is that is that as as new as it gets as well as well as no, as, um, as guilty new, pleasure newer, as it gets? Newer, newer Tom York. Um, I thought uh, you were gonna say Tom White's. <laughs> newer Tom White's too. Uh, there's a band called War Paint. They're super cool. Um, I don't. Um, I don't know. I can't. How do you it, find new music? I don't even know how. Like it's it's tough nowadays. Yeah. Like it's so 
it's so much because there's so much like oversaturated. Exactly. Yeah, there's so much so, content. To some degree, you you gotta ask friends who know what you like. I definitely with my drummer, we have we've been just trading used oh, CDs totally. back and forth for years. Uh-huh. I'll go over there like uh, and twice a month we'll we'll you know hand each other five CDs and be like this is Otis Redding and this is uh, Pause and you know we we just you know we we encounter new music that way um i want like a, lot, a ton of people use streaming services i don't um I, i'm just coming to the point where i'm just like looking up songs that are featured in trailers <laughs> just like because that's all i watch so so i'm yeah. just like what was the song used in the new batman versus superman trailer or whatever <laughs> yeah. uh this is like uh i'm just curious about uh this because i realize like i mostly kind of stick i guess my music tends to be defined as like folk punk just because like i'm acoustic guitar and i like punk music got some blink um, some but, blink roots in there too i get i yeah, yeah. It, some no, pop I punk, no yeah. some pop punk in there but uh-huh. like I, like i said i've been listening to, like this uh like I, I like folk a lot too and i was listening to, like this folk album uh just like non-stop and it like suit just influenced like one song uh like I, could just, I just knew it was like, oh, that's where I got the inspiration. How does, like, kind of other genres, apart from, like, what you typically write, like, do you, do you ever find, like, some kind of fringe genre that you occasionally listen to, like, influencing a song or something like that? The truth is, with my music, um, it's, it's, I, I hate to be, like, like we don't we don't use labels like you can't <laughs> like you no, sound totally. you sound like the biggest douchebag in the world when you do that shit, but like it's a two piece and it's bass and it's drums like I I if I if I wanted to rip off people like I couldn't like I don't have <laughs> totally. the option really to rip off people so like everything we do is a bit like a haiku um, it's uh-huh. just you're so limited you huh. have to be more creative huh. so I can't. Like we li- we there's we've we've covered like three songs semi successfully. Um, it's just we have to we have to figure out like our own way to do everything. So there's definitely definitely influences, but it's it's and there's a ton of bands that we love that don't influence us, mm-hmm. and then there's bands that I'm okay with, but I like something they did, and that'll influence me gotcha. more. Uh, are you listening to any comics? No, yeah. Do you not do you not listen to a lot of stand up? I don't. Yeah. And it's not it's not necessarily a choice. Like I hear I've I've heard of people I've heard people say they don't listen to other stand ups because they don't want to be influenced. Mm-hmm. And I think that's perfectly valid and it gives me a reason to continue not listening to right. other people. But But you said you were always a fan of comedy. I was. I mean, like, growing up. Yeah, I listened to a lot of Comedy Central Presents. I I watched Comedy Central Presents a lot when I was a kid and, like, Comics Remix, whatever, Comic Uh Remix, whatever that was. And I, like, I think I've only bought, I've never bought an album, but I think I bought a DVD of uh, Stephen Wright. Uh Um, That's literally (laughs) it. Like, I rarely watch specials. Um... Yeah. No, so not no current because one one of my favorite things to do is to like see a amateur comic and try and guess who their mm-hmm. favorite comic is. Yeah. You know, because like whether they're doing it on purpose or yeah. not, I'm like, okay, you're clearly influenced by yeah. this comic. Um, yeah. One of my uh, biggest... which is funny because you say Stephen Wright because yeah, like that it makes sense even a little bit. Like I know I I speak in sort of monotone, but that's like uh-huh. that's definitely not a decision right. I made for stage. Like that's exactly. that's just yeah. depression. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, like that's that's something that I don't necessarily even want to say that I like Stephen Wright because uh-huh. I know people are gonna be like, that's where that's he gets why it. you say no. Nope, that's, that's just yeah. what I, I sound listened like. to it. And my I voice was my completely voice. different. Yeah, I was I was very my voice was very exuberant before I listened to Stephen Wright. 
<laughs> no, it's just any. I mean, I listen to a lot of guys who do like one-liners. I like I like Stephen Wright. I like Dimitri Martin. Um, Hedberg. Hedberg. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, uh, your favorite like shows growing up, or your favorite shows now? Are you like, did you, did you draw any influence from that? Well, I mean, not really. Everybody loves The Simpsons, not Raymond. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> Um, like I, I love the the Simpsons, and that uh -huh. definitely influenced what I found funny, and sort of the, I, I I think that's sort of early Simpsons, like seasons five to nine. That's definitely where I got. Simpsons still going. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. of course it's still going. I think. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of the trap with those shows. I think South yeah, Park, Family Guy, because sort of, yeah, it's sort of an old. Because like the point. actors don't age, obviously. Well, I, I think I think it sometimes still hits it, but like it's like a lot more sporadic. Like every old episode of The Simpsons is so good. Right. Yeah, and I just don't know if. I don't know. I don't watch TV, so I don't know if people are still watching television. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, in The Simpsons, okay. people are obviously watching it. Well, I don't think anyone's. Yeah, I don't know anyone who actually watches The Simpsons. Stuff, right. But really. I mean, they keep they keep making it keep they keep coming they keep out with them. them. Yeah, I'm sure they. I have mean, money from advertisers still. Regardless right. Yeah, of that makes sense. Merchandise. Simpsons merchandise probably can keep. Yeah. <laughs> keep yeah. It but it's like, have you heard the pinball machines? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did you want to? Yeah. Did you want to plug anything before? Um, Okay, um, January 8th, I will be playing music at the Shakedown for uh, Sue Matson's um, comedy show. Oh, right on. I'm going to have eight comics and two bands, and I'm going to be one of those bands. Oh, and I'm then, not one of the comics, I guess. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, January 22nd, I'll be uh, opening up for Tig Notaro on, cool. on, on the Western campus. Cool. Right and on. then your your band has a Facebook page, and I'll put the link in the description. Uh, do you have like a comedian page? Um, no. Okay, well... Cool. Like, f friend me on Facebook. <laughs> I'll say when I'm doing anything Yeah, and of course, every Monday you're at the Green Frog. Pretty much every yeah. Monday at the Green Frog. Yeah. I'm at the um, Underground Coffee House a lot of times. Tuesdays. Um, yeah. Cool, yo. Cool. Uh, so that was Lee Cox. Uh, I'm Kevin Hugerworth. I'm John Lee. YouTube.com slash What a Nerd Show. I am John uh, Lee. Follow me over at, uh, on Twitter. I'm John uh, Lee, at host of Last Hoog. Comic Standing Can 2015. Oh, you, you're reminding me that I wasn't a co-host. Yeah, like, oh, single host. No one, no other, no one else hosted with me. John Lee. Hit that button, Kev. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to The Process. If you liked what you heard here, be sure to check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash The Process with John and Kevin. Uh, just give that page a like so you'll be notified whenever there's a new episode. And look out for next week's episode with comedian and improviser Jacob Alexander Ferg. Thanks, guys.